0: So, uh, you know, I don't know what you're expecting. <laughs> oh, we'll see. Um, we're going to talk about education and particularly evangelical education. Um, we're not going to talk about, you know, curricula or all the choices you have and, you know, homeschool, public school, Christian school. There, there are plenty of homeschool um, or, or private school or Christian schools that are not evangelical education, right? So uh, it's not about method Um, or, you know what I'm saying, model. It's about what in the world are we even talking about? So evangelical education is not um, simply secular education with a few Bible verses sprinkled on or, you know, secular education with a Bible class stuck in the middle somewhere It really does, as we'll talk about. It shapes absolutely everything. And um, so I'm going to talk about some elements of of, uh, evangelical education and hopefully have a lot of time for conversation and, and questions. All right. What is evangelical education not? Well, like I said, it's not secular education with some Bible verses sprinkled on. It's not classical education. I mean... You cannot equate classical education with evangelical, right? Um, That is happening a lot today. If it's classical, it must be Christian. And that's just not true, all right? Uh, You can have a classical education and be raised as a good pagan. You can have classical schools. There's a classical school starting in Bloomington. They're trying to anyway. It's called uh, Seven Oaks, which is a charter school, right? So it's in the public school system, and it's classical, but let me tell you, it will not be Christian. I mean, it can't be, by definition, right? Um, classical does not equal Christian, I'm not, and I'm not against classical education. I think there's a lot that that way of doing things gets right, right? But there's a lot of things that gets wrong, too. Um, evangelical education is not just simply reading, writing, and arithmetic, You know, it's not just, can't we just get back to the basics? You know, well, it's good to get back to the basics, but getting back to the basics doesn't make make it Christian. Okay, you all with me? So what is it? Evangelical education starts with this. Fear of the lord is the beginning of finish the sentence now now try again fear of the lord is the beginning of what knowledge (laughs) i'm tricking you but not really you got your bible with you proverbs 1 7 that's what it says now the bible also says the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom that's what, that's what you all thought, I was gonna say. But it also says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We're talking about education. Okay, this is the, the, the motto of Athanasius College. Right, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Okay, knowledge, which is completely, r- changes everything, all right? So what do I mean? Well, there's three things about this I want to point out that we understand about uh, education from a Christian evangelical perspective. Evangelical education is personal and and covenantal. How do I get that from this? The fear of the What's this? Lord, what does that word mean?
1: God's personal
0: name. This is God's, if you looked in your Bible, you would see in most English translations, this would be in all capital letters, L-O-R-D, which points to the Hebrew word Yahweh, I am. This is the the name that God revealed to Moses at the burning bush, right? Personal. This is a, all education begins with the Lord. It is God's covenant name, Yahweh, I am. It revolves around a person and a covenantal relationship, a covenant relationship with a person. What does that mean? Um, You can't understand the world or anything about the world apart from understanding it in, the, in relationship to the Lord, the creator, the person. Reality is personal. Ultimate reality is an ultimate person. Does that make sense? Ultimate reality is an ultimate person. Ultimate reality is God. Now think about how this contrasts with secular education, right? In secular education, There is no ultimate reality, and there certainly is no ultimate person behind reality. And so everything is uh, the product of uh, time, chance, and matter. Right? So, in other words, completely impersonal. And you don't get obligation... In an impersonal world, there is no ought in an impersonal world. There is no you should and you should not, you shall and you shall not. There is no law in an impersonal world, right? Because there's no lawgiver. And, you know, all we are is bags of stardust bouncing around against each other, and who cares if I make you leak? by putting holes in you (laughs) right who cares stardust leaks so what there is no ought there is no you shall not commit murder all of that the Christian way of thinking about education starts with a person the world is made right it's made by a person the world has a point point. What is the point? What's the point of the world? You all know this, isn't it? I'm not Glorifying tricking you. To yeah, <laughs> to glorify God. Yeah. That's the point of everything, not just of you. It's not just the chief end of man, which it is, but it's the chief end of everything. The heavens declare the glory of God. Right? The world has a lawgiver. The world has someone, a person to whom we are accountable. And this changes everything. This, this, um, this rules out so much that we just completely take for granted. And we'll get, I'll get into some more detail about that in a second. Secondly, evangelical uh, education is antithetical. Antithetical, what do I mean by that? So this says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, what is the fear of the Lord? What is the fear of the Lord? Not just a slogan, what is it? Did you know there's a verse in Proverbs that tells us exactly what the fear of the Lord is? Yeah. Excellent. That's right. The fear of the Lord, this is. Uh, 8.13, Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is, so this is going to be really handy for us when we are reading this verse, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Okay, well, what is the fear of the Lord? 8.13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, All right. So this is an antithesis. You know what antithesis means? These, There's a contrast, there are opposites. there's an opposition between two things. And the Christian way of thinking about everything always comes down to this antithesis. There's good and there's evil, right? There's light and there's darkness. There's the creator and the creation. There's heaven, there's hell. There's truth, there's falsehood. There's sheep, there's goats, there's man, there's woman. And I didn't just put you women in the category of goats, don't worry. (laughs) I'm just saying there's different things, right? There's heaven and earth. And this whole reality of contrast, opposition between two things, means that there's no neutrality. No neutrality. So think about the way we think about education as Americans. We think, well, look, I want my son, I want my daughter to have a good education. And so I'm going to um, send him or her to the, the best school that teaches whatever field, you know. And I know that, you know, that place is going to teach from a, from a completely pagan worldview. But it doesn't matter because they're teaching the right stuff. I mean, math is math, right? Math is math. I mean, come on. You don't have to be a Christian to understand that 2 plus 2 equals 4. Now, is that true? Nope. Well, it is true. It's true that a pagan can can do a math equation correctly. Okay. But it makes no sense That's right. in a pagan worldview. That's right. Exactly. Why would Why would 2 plus 2 always equal 4 in a pagan worldview? There ain't no sense to that, right? Because there's no maker, there's no design, there's no pattern, there's no consistency, there's no foundation. Even the ability to talk about this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the fact that you can understand what I'm saying. You know, when a pagan unbeliever argues with words against the existence of God, hoping to be understood by the person he's arguing with, what's he doing? He's acting, like a, he's acting like a Christian. Yeah, Can't help it, because he's made in the image of God, and this is God's world. There is no neutrality. There is no neutral ground, okay? As soon as you think that you're stepping into neutral ground, so you've got your Bible with you, Right? And, and here's my worldview, and there's a line on the floor, and this is neutrality. And this is a place where Christian and non-Christian can meet and have common ground and understand one another and have you know, some, some, some neutrality, some common ground. In order to step onto that neutral ground, I've got to do that. I've got to leave the Bible behind. And I have to leave the fear of the Lord behind. Right? Fear of the Lord is to hate evil, which means there's such a thing as evil. Right, antithesis. So think about the disciplines, math, science, language, civics, uh, literature, anthropology, medicine, Is there any element of any of those things that is not affected by this verse or by who God is? God made it. Even the most, you know, the most um, rigid of those disciplines, mathematics, right? God made it. God made it and you can't you can know the fact that two plus two equals four but you can't understand why you can't understand what the significance of that is in the bigger picture you can't understand you know you can't really understand that you'll find you know at indiana university we've had um, students from all the all the disciplines come through and of course, the most hostile to God would be what? Religious <laughs> studies. Yeah. Take your pick. So we've got religious studies, and it is very hostile to God. You've you've been in there, haven't you? Yeah. And you said science. You've got gender studies. You've got education. You've got the humanities. All the social sciences. I
1: was going
0: to say journalism. Journalism. But... You would think, you know, math, how can you have, how can you, how can you turn math into an opportunity to hate God? But we've had a lot of mathematicians, and they will tell you, the higher you go into math, into mathematics, it's not a science, let me tell you, it's a religion.
1: Mm -hmm. Kind of like
0: Pythagoras, right? Yeah. Everything, and here's the point, everything's a religion everything is a religion. And is that wrong? No. No. You understand? That's just the nature of reality. All of it. If this is true, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, then everything is religious. It's either true religion or false. But this is the conceit of, you know, the secular um, university and the the government schools. The, The conceit is... No religion here, right? And this is our religion—that <laughs> there is no religion here. Man is the is the measure of all things. The mind of man is the arbiter of truth. You know. It's the second half of that verse you just cited, though. To hate evil, pride, and arrogance—an mm-hmm. yep. evil way, a perverted mouth. I hate. That sums it all up. Yeah. <laughs> So she's referring to Proverbs 8:13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverted mouth I hate. This is what God says. So no neutrality, right? Antithesis. It's either this or that. It's not both true and false, it's not both bitter and sweet, it's not both light and dark. It's not both man-centered and God-centered. It's either one or the other, and this is true of everything. Of course, our our culture hates antithesis. Another way of saying it is our, our culture hates distinctions. Hmm. Binary thinking. Binary thinking. You know, sexuality. Of course, today is the is on the stage. Um, in terms of rejecting antithesis evangelical education is antithetical third and this just kind of follows from these two it is radical and I've already said this sort of so the fear of the Lord covenant personal relationship The fear of the Lord, antithesis to hate evil, radical. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We're all very happy to say um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You you know what I'm saying? What is wisdom? Wisdom is a religious thing. You know? Wisdom. It's religious. It has that feel of you know, godliness. So it's talking about religion. We're, we're okay with that one. We can understand saying, yeah, to, to have wisdom, right, you have to have the fear of the Lord. Absolutely. But that's not what this says. The fear of the Lord's beginning of knowledge. Now, what does that mean? There is no full, comprehensive, real knowledge of anything apart from the fear of the Lord. No real, full, comprehensive knowledge of anything. So again, pagans can understand the fact that 2 plus 2 equals 4, but they cannot understand why. There are no brute facts in the world. By brute facts, I mean facts that are separate, detached from, independent of, autonomous of God. No brute facts. That's, Cornelius Van Til said that, um, who was an apologist and theologian some years ago. Which means that Real education is, is completely radical. It, this is why it can't just be. Um, take your standard secular education, plop it over here, sprinkle some the wiffle dust of Bible verses on it, or Bible time, or you know, whatever. Just to, but the core of that thing is devoid of God. Down to the bones, it's devoid of God. You don't change it by sprinkling some dust on top. You go down to the bone, right? Down, It's radical. Down to the root. Now, if you have your Bible, look with me at a couple of places here. Colossians, they're both in Colossians. My wife and I have been reading um, the book of Colossians. For several weeks now, as a part of our work with one another, <laughs> and uh, so we've been reading the whole chat, the whole book on Mondays, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we, we read a, a consecutive chapter, and so my my brain is full of Colossians. <laughs> <laughs> so here it's gonna it's gonna leak out a little bit. Colossians one. Look at Colossians one thirteen to seventeen. For he, this is talking of Jesus, rescued us. Oh, this is talking about God the Father. He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. So this is a transfer of identity, of citizenship. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Now, is there anything left out of that? Is there anything you can learn in the world that, that isn't covered by any of those categories? No, it's everything. Visible or invisible, you know, that kind of covers everything. I don't know what a third category would be. Both in the heavens and on Earth. So this covers, um, you know, Mars,
1: <laughs>
0: it covers the universe. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. So not just things, but persons. Spiritual and otherwise. All created by Christ. All things have been created through him and what? For him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So not just God, but more... Precisely, the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Gives meaning to everything. He made everything. All things have been made through him. But then it says, and for him. For him. Everything revolves around him. And he upholds all things. In him, all things hold together says in Hebrews that he upholds all things by the word of his power. The world holds together. Atoms hold together. The things that atoms are made of, out of. The things, that, the things that atoms are made out of are made out of. We haven't gotten down to that level, I don't think. You know what I'm saying? We don't understand these things. Jesus holds them together. And it's all about him. So, this covers every field, every realm of knowledge, every realm of education. There is nothing, nothing that we can say, you know, it's just math or it's just meteorology, right? And that's what you do. It's just computer science, you know? No, it's not just anything. These things were made by Christ, for Christ teach us about Christ. Turn a page over to Colossians 2, or look down the page, verses 1 to 3. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf, and for those who are allowed at Laodicea, and for those who have not personally seen my face, that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love, and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding... Resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ Himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now that's that's a long sentence. But you see what he's saying. He's he's wanting us, he's wanting God's people to get the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, this is talking about the mind, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery that is Christ and in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. There is nothing that you can learn in this world. There is nothing you can study in this world that isn't Known in Christ. Alright? He's not just talking about religious things. You understand? Not just religious things. Things that we would delegate, you know, kind of put over here in the box and say yeah. religious things. He's talking about everything because he's the creator of everything. So, what what do we do with this? Personal and covenantal antithetical radical what do we do with this well let me let me just pull out some lessons and we can talk a little bit Um, what is education about let's think about what it is in America today what is education for in America today one thing job training but that's not really the point because that's just a means to an end. What's the real point of education?
1: To serve, to make you uh, a uh, Roman.
0: Money? Money, sure. I mean, that's what it's, that's why students, that's why people go to school. It's for job training, and the point of job training is money. Now, is is it it bad to make money? No. Mm is bad not to make money (laughs) is it bad to to have a job uh no no yes
1: well that that'd be why you go to school but you know school is to get to the minds and hearts of them who come up through school
0: Mm, absolutely so yeah there's two different ways of thinking about this Um, students go to school no student i don't i don't think any Self-conscious, you know, I don't think any student goes to school and says, I know, I'm going to go to college so that I can be indoctrinated in the religion of American secular humanism. Yeah, it'll be great. No, they're thinking, hey, man, I got to get a job. But let me tell you, from the other side, it is exactly what's going on. We want these students to come so that we can, in fact, indoctrinate them in the religion of secular, you know. And, and to some degree, some, you know, people may or may not be self-conscious about that, but that, that is what's happening. But education from a student's perspective has become job training and money. Now, for parents, what is it? <laughs> what is educate? Why do we want our children to be educated? <laughs> yeah, well... in my house. <laughs> well, how's that working out today in America? It's not. Why? Because... Education
1: becomes extended adolescence.
0: Yeah, and they get saddled with the debt, and they can't afford an apartment. You know, so it's kind of the worst thing you could do today to get your kids out of the home is to send them to college. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know what I mean. So for parents, it's often about the excellence of our, you know, our children, uh, their excellence, which is really about me and my excellence. All those things are wrong. What is education about? Does a, does a plumber need an education about things other than pipes and, and water and fittings? Yes. My son's mm-hmm. becoming an electrician. Does he need more than just... You put these things in here and you twist them together and you, you know. That's job training. But what, what are we first? What are we first? We're men and women. No, we're men and women first. And then we're Christian men and women. Right? So when, when you were born, they didn't, they didn't say, a Christian. <laughs> or, or even a person. <laughs> it's a person. No. They said, it's a boy. It's right?
1: Unless you're Presbyterian.
0: Which, is that? I don't know what you mean by that, because I'm not. <laughs> uh, I wonder if that's still true today, because it sounds like we're getting more and more
1: choices between male, female.
0: Yeah. We'll have
1: to wait and ask the child.
0: Yeah. So, first of all, you're a man or a woman. Then, Lord willing, you're a Christian. Education is about all of that. It's about life and calling training, right? Which means it has to be radical. Um, the first part of education should be, we, we ourselves and our children need to fear the Lord, okay? Before we can know anything. Now, where does that start? It starts in the mother's womb, you know? How do we make sense out of life? How do we live as men and women? What am I here for? What is life about? What is the meaning of the sun and the moon and the, and the flowers and the birds and the you know the stuff of the world? What, what does this mean? What is our place in the universe? What is our place in the world? What's our place in the society? What's our place in the church? What's our place in the home? This is what education is about. It's the truth of God is the lens through which we understand everything, right? And an education that doesn't start with that is not an education. It just isn't. And so education, true education is about life training for your life and for your calling i would want every you know, there's a there's a movement today i'm very thankful for which calls people back to um working with your hands uh, what's that guy's name Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe, the dirty jobs guy does do all of you know what i'm talking about There was this tv show sometime ago called dirty jobs and this guy would go around and um do the most awful things with people who do these most awful things for a living. You know, cleaning out septic tanks. Um, that's probably the worst one. You know what I mean? Just these kinds of, I mean, you know, dirty jobs, jobs that no one wants to do. And he has now this whole foundation that is really encouraging people to go to trade school um, and to work with your hands. People don't want to work with their hands anymore. They'd rather sit at home having hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt without a job in their mama's basement. Working with their thumbs. Working with their thumbs, which is totally different. Yeah. And so it's a good thing, but, but he's not talking about education. He's still talking about job training, right? Those people who work with their hands... We should not in any way think that education is not for them. Okay? Education is for everybody. Education, true education, the fear of the Lord. Who are you? Where did you come from? What is your purpose in the world? What's your calling? How do you fit in uh, to the world that God has made? How do you... What does it mean to be a human? What does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? Right? All of these things are what education is for. Not just how can I best position myself to get a paycheck next month. Right? That's a slave. Now, a man needs to make a paycheck to support his family. But he does it as a man, not as a drone. Now, another thing. To make an idol out of education, which is what... Uh, I think evangelicals are best at when it comes to education, today, anyway. I don't think it always used to be this way. But now, um, I believe evangelicals have made an idol of education. It's about our children, it's about excellence, it's about me living my life through the excellence of my children and doing stuff that I never was able to do. And, you know, it's the American dream, it's all this stuff. And it starts from a very early age. This is why homeschooling—I'm convinced—and I'm I'm all for it if you do it right. But homeschooling has become an idol because it's about you know how how I can do it. It's not about giving my kids; it's about me, you know, and my identity and my self-worth, whatever you want to call it. It's become an idol. From the earliest stages, you know, we have mothers who die on the hill of, you know, pre-kindergarten curriculum. (laughs) You know, churches split over such things. What's going on with that? That's an idol. To make an idol out of education is to totally deny all of these things right education isn't the point what's the point knowing God knowing who you are knowing what it means to be a man or a woman not just a human knowing what it what we're to be doing in this world okay to make a an idol of education even if it's an evangelical Christian education um, is to ruin the whole thing. Now, one last thing, and I'll be done. You can ask and talk, whatever you want to do. Um, Pastor Carell over here across the hall is talking about our children and bringing them up Um, I once, and we've talked about this this week because of what I was talking about and what he's talking about. There was a young man here once at, uh, came to IU, came to Bloomington as a student at IU. He's not here anymore. Um, And he was the kind of man who was incredibly brilliant. Okay, really brilliant. Um, Computer science, something like that. You know, one of these things that I can't wrap my mind around. And um was married, had some children. He couldn't. We have a joke among us pastors. When when, when young men come and we're trying to figure out who they are, and one of our, our, our code words for a certain kind of young man is, he can't screw in a light bulb. <laughs> He can't screw in a light bulb. You understand what I'm saying? No concept of the real world. Or physical reality, because he's all up here, right? And no ability to, you know, say, hey, that light bulb's blown out. I bet I could figure out how to fix that, you know? Let's go to the store and buy a light bulb, and let's take off, and let's get a ladder, and let's, you know what I'm saying? paralyzed. And he told me once that uh, he, he grew up in a Christian home, kind of a strange one, um, with a, a mother here, a father in another country. His mother was kind of a pastor pastorette in, in kind of a home church in his home. It's a weird situation, right? But he said to me, you know what? My mom had one thing and one thing only as a goal for me growing up and that is that I would know Jesus um, is there anything wrong with that yes good
1: starting
0: point. <laughs> yeah that's a good starting point but is it really I mean now fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge right beginning yeah beginning that's true. He he was raised it's possible for us to to think about education in such a way that we create worthless useless men or women. You understand. Men or women who can think a lot about all kinds of fun things but who can't do anything. Men who can't support a family, men who can't change a flat tire, I mean whatever, right? who can't do anything who can't be productive who can't and that is not at all what i'm talking about here when i'm saying the main point of education is the fear of the lord in christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge does that make sense god made us the god this lord the one who made everything visible invisible in heavens and on earth, that God made us to do something here in our bodies in this world. Right? Things like what? Uh, rule over the earth, subdue it, be fruitful and multiply. Provide for your family, and if you don't, you're worse than an unbeliever, and if you don't work, then you don't eat. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Work with your own hands so you don't have any, won't be in need of anything. Have enough to give to others. And do something. Do something. Make something. Build something. One of the reasons the evangelical education um, has gone to seed is because it never had a real vision of what we should be doing in the first place, okay? What should we be doing? Well, by and large, evangelicalism for the last, you know, 100, well, pretty much from the beginning, if you think about modern evangelicalism, has been tied to a view of things that says, it's all going to burn, and it's all going to burn any second now. Right? It's all gonna burn and it's all gonna burn any second now. And so what do you do with that? Well, there's only one thing to do with that, if you're gonna have education. The education has to be about how to tell people that it's all gonna burn, it's all gonna burn any second now. And you don't wanna get left behind. Right? So that's the point. Get as many people, the, the, the ship is sinking. You've heard the expression, you don't polish the brass on you know, the sinking ship. You don't rearrange the, the deck chairs on the Titanic, right? That's worthless, it's stupid, it's besides the point, beside the point. That's how we got to America of today. How we got here. Christians have not thought about building a culture, building schools that teach how to build a culture, building factories. I don't know, building anything. And that's why it's gone south, because if you don't have a good vision of what you're building, you'll end up building something, but it but it won't be about god 's kingdom it won't be about what we're here for um, it'll be about man 's kingdom and man 's pride so do something raise your children to do something in this world give them a vision for that the only way to, the only way to do that is to start with Christ Even, you know, what are your thoughts because there, there's a whole jumbled Mess of directions we can go here. And I want to know what you're thinking. Yes.
1: As I'm listening to you, it's almost as if you're saying <clears throat> we have never built a Christian infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the countries in the world that are very poor, they have that in common. They have no infrastructure. Yeah. We're letting, well, we used have to. to let the world build the infrastructure rather than yeah. to have a vision of us building the infrastructure. Yeah. And we
0: should be more capable
1: because we're more creative yeah. because we can, we, we can look to the Lord to fill our gaps. The world has no gaps.
0: We're not just talking about um, physical things like bridges I, and highways and right. stuff. We're talking about culture, everything. About everything. Yeah. Yeah. Now I would argue that we used to have that in the West um That's
1: how it became civilized to begin
0: with. it's it's how we yeah and we're we've been we've been riding on the capital of that for a couple hundred years at least but the foundation is all gone and so the thing whole thing is crumbling right education really is, you know, you hear people talking about education as the key to everything. And that's usually secularists who think that we can, we can change people by giving them the right thoughts, you know, that kind of thing. That's not what I mean. But education is about raising our children and our children's children. And, and education means teaching them what they're here for. So what are they here for? Are they here just so that they can go to heaven when they die? Is that it? You know what that is? That's pagan. <laughs> that's Gnosticism. It doesn't matter what you do with your body here and now. Just what matters is the spiritual world. And for Christians, of course, that's heaven. So, oh. no. 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 Work, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. What other whatever thoughts do you have or questions about what I'm trying to say?
1: We're just starting to get into the homeschool thing.
0: Uh huh.
1: How important do you think community is? It's so hard to find like minded people. Mm-hmm. And so I think the tendency is for the homeschool movement to become this isolationist?
0: No. What? I'm stating Yeah. this. But,
1: you know, some of this is new to me. I wasn't just but my wife yeah. was. But, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just how do you what is the response to that? As, you know, as those who want to homeschool our children, uh-huh. um, we see these other families where they have similar goals, but it's become this like everything around me is wicked and evil and I'm not going to let my children get outside of my controlled bubble. Uh I can understand how that would be the the temptation. Um, This is something that I've just noticed a lot.
0: So so what goes along with that is um, children in those kinds of homes will not follow or submit to anyone's authority except their parents. But even then, that's pretty iffy, right? Um, And uh, the, you know, homes that try to protect their children desperately from the evil out there then completely are blind to the evil in here. And we could tell you story after story after story of real evil that happens in homeschool families more often than we think. Because there's this intentional blindness, you know, it's this uh, unhealthy kind of, I don't know, insularity. A lot of, you know, a lot of people who get into that kind of mindset homeschool because they don't want anyone telling them what to do, which is what their kids pick up on. There are a lot of problems. Doesn't have to be. <laughs> not every family is cut out for homeschooling. My family, I would say, is not cut out for homeschooling. I don't have time to do it. Um, my wife you know, we homeschooled for a year and um you know <laughs> I'm telling stories on my wife here, but Homeschooling would often become, hey, let's go outside and, you know, <laughs> just, she's not wired that way. She's not going to sit the kids down and teach them. Is that okay? I think so. You know, we're just that we're just not wired that way. Um, homeschooling has become another, you know, a, a modern kind of equivalent of the monastic thing. You know, there's this layers of spiritual achievement and you're not a good Christian woman unless you homeschool your kids. I've known homeschooled kids who got done with high school and could not read. Literally could not read. But oh, they were homeschoolers. You know, it's about... The other thing I would say, and i got to be done in just a second here, Um, and I I just, I never, I always try to take every opportunity to say this uh, when we're talking about homeschooling. Um, And it's mothers, there's a time when you've got to let go. And you've got to let go, especially of your sons. And if you don't, you will ruin them, all right, especially your sons. You've gotta let them out of, the, uh, of your orbit and get them into the orbit of men who won't mother them. Your, your sons don't need to be mothered. I mean, they do. So smothered. Yeah, smothered. <laughs> they, they do need to be mothered when they're children. And, you know, our, we have sons that are older, and my wife, this was a real struggle for her, trying to figure out how to be a mom, but not be the presence in their life, right? And uh, it's, it's nice for her when we stop trying to homeschool, <laughs> you know, and put them under the authority of men who could discipline them, in the context of school and church and work, and she can then just be mom again, which was just kind of nice. <laughs> you know, she could bake him cookies. She
1: could take
0: him so outside. Yeah, look at the butterfly. At
1: the end
0: of the day, and uh, such a relief on the relationship. Such a relief. Um, so anyway. One last thing. Yep.
1: When you were talking about the different aspects of homeschooling, I, you know, the first thing up there says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge." I think a lot of times in homeschooling, we homeschool from the fear of society mm-hmm. That's instead right. of the fear of the Lord. That's right. And
0: or the fear of my Christian friends in the church.
1: Yes, that is that is huge. You know, years ago it was if you didn't go to the right Christian school and then mm-hmm. it became homeschooling. Yep. Um, and so, you know, it's to put the fear in the proper perspective. And there there's even a fear of letting your, your kids go, but to have your kids involved in a baseball team or a wrestling team or you know, ballet dancing where they're with secular kids. I mean You get to meet some secular people. It's Mm -hmm. great. You know, and the kids can be the best introduction we ever get to the other people.
0: Now I would say, just to be clear, I believe, you know, state government education is utterly and totally corrupt. My son's going to the to North High School this fall. (laughs) It is utterly and totally corrupt. So I walk, we walk into, so Bloomington Christian Schoolhouse had to shut down their high school for a couple of different reasons. So now what do we do with our son? He's gonna be a junior. Right, what do we do? Bring him home and let my wife teach him? No? We could send him to Lighthouse, maybe. For this particular son, I think that'd be a bad idea. Okay there's not one size that fits all so he's going to go to the to north high school half the day he'll be in class the other half the day he'll be working on cars Um, so we walk into the uh to the um what do you call that guy the counselor to try to set up schedules and all this kind of stuff and um on the door you know you look he's got all these things all over his walls. And you get the impression, he's trying to make a point. (laughs) Huh. And on the door is this article from the uh, Indiana Daily student. that has a big picture of Jesus. And it's Jesus saying, Mr. Wilson, I think you've got me wrong. Or something like that. You know what that was from? It was from Doug Wilson coming to IU. And I think this counselor wrote the article. (laughs) and he is and so we get to talking about him he's not it wasn't obvious blatantly in his person but by the time we're done we start small talk so he was getting ready to leave for turkey the next day maybe they'll have to edit this out and he said um we said oh you have a family you're going to turkey my partner and i and then, then everything just all of a sudden made sense, you know, because I hadn't actually seen the article on the wall until we left. So that's where, you know, and there was a uh, straight pride group that was tried to start up at, uh, at North. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, they shut that down. Oh, boy, did they shut that down. So utterly corrupt from, you know, the national, what's it called? The uh, NEA. N, N, uh, N. National Education Association that runs government education in America are you know entirely committed to pushing um, sodomy. Do you know who was starting this straight
1: pride? Was it
0: the kids? It was, was some kids. They had a they had a, a, st- a faculty sponsor. But of course he decided that, that wasn't a good idea and so There's an article about it in the newspaper. And so, look, these are not easy decisions. And um, I'm scared. I would not send my little children. I just wouldn't do it. I hope he's strong enough, stable enough, um, focused enough. I mean, my concern with him is he's going to go in there with his with swords flailing and start lopping people's heads off. <laughs> if you know what I mean, figuratively. So, And I don't want him to do that, per se. So how are we going to handle this? Well, pray for us, I don't know. We've got to be done. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for our time together, and we do pray for real wisdom. Lord, we need, we need wisdom. This is an evil day. And you have given a, uh, us our children, and you've given us a responsibility ultimately to raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Help us never to um, lay aside that responsibility and the privilege of it. But help us not lose sight of you. Um, forgive us for our pride and give us real wisdom. Let us fear you and hate evil. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.